From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. Governor Mike Dunleavy announced yesterday that he will present the legislature with a crime bill next session to target the fentanyl crisis in Alaska. Under the proposal, if a person dies as a result of ingesting a controlled substance, the individual that sold or distributed that controlled substance can be charged with murder in the second degree. Governor Dunleavy. This is a dealer, not an addict, but a dealer. When someone dies as a result of taking an illicit drug, so if you're a dealer, you want to pay attention to what we're about to just uh, tell you here. Currently, it's a manslaughter uh, or a Class A felony if an individual dies as a result of your dealing uh, in drugs. We're going to increase this offense to second-degree murder. Um, this carries a sentence of up to 99 years in prison. Dealers who traffic in fentanyl or fentanyl-laced drugs will be on notice that they'll face severe consequences. Assistant Attorney General John Skidmore put it into perspective this way. To put that into perspective, manslaughter is a Class A felony, and a first-time sentence is four to seven years with a maximum of 20. But murder in the second degree is a minimum of 15 and a maximum of 99. This is not going after individuals that are addicted. This is not going after the people that have that substance abuse problem. It is going after the individuals that are peddling that poison to our citizens. In addition, an individual sentenced to a drug-dealing-related crime will have their eligibility for good-time parole restricted. Dunleavy says they also will be directing resources for addiction services. I do also want to say that we will be in our budget putting forth initiatives that will help on the substance addiction side of things. Those individuals that are uh, addicted to substances, that are looking for help, that want to get out of that uh, terrible situation. Uh, as we put our budget together this year, we will be addressing that issue and how we can help those individuals that uh, want to um, turn their life around. A building in Juneau the state is seeking to convert into legislative housing has a current target date of January 2024 before it will be used. The assembly building was donated to the legislature by the Juneau Community Foundation. There are a planned 33 studio apartments. Chair of the Legislative Council, Representative Sarah Hannon, spoke to that on Action Line. Our hope is um, January of 2024. So not this January, but a year from now. Now, um, I have not seen the most recent. uh, There is the Dawson Construction has only had that contract with us for about three weeks. Um, So my my goal, my articulating that date is not informed by their design build plans. So it's just the proposal they accepted. The res- yeah, yeah. yeah. Now okay. they've they've got to look at that proposal and say here's here's where we are. And I, anyone who uh, has ever done any construction or renovation knows you can have the best laid plans and still have weather delays, materials delays, labor delays. But the goal and the initial RFP asks for a construction plan that gets us to functional housing by January of 2024. Last week, members of the Alaska legislature sent a letter to the U.S. Board on geographic names expressing their support for renaming North and South Suicide Peaks to North and South Yuyunk Chek. The U.S. Board on Geographic Names unanimously passed the name change 
In the letter, legislators said that changing the name from Suicide Peaks to Heaven's Breath removes a thoughtless name insensitive to suicide survivors, their families, and communities suffering loss due to suicide. Yuyong Chek is an Athabascan Denina name that means breath from above or heaven's breath. The name was selected by Elder Helen Dick, who is one of the only fluent Denina speakers currently alive in Alaska. The name is a tribute to families who have been affected by suicide and honors the Athabascan tradition of descriptive place names. Alaska has the second highest rate of suicide deaths in the nation, and Alaska Native people suffer this tragedy up to four times the national average. The Alaska Federation of Natives will be holding their ninth annual tribal conference this Wednesday. The conference will take place in Anchorage at the William A. Egan Civic and Convention Center. AFN invited tribal members, administrators, court judges, court administrators, and tribal members to participate and share their experiences on federal, state, and local issues important to tribes. There will be opening remarks given by Julie Kitka, the AFN president. Other topics to be discussed at the conference include honoring first responders, impact and responses to Typhoon Murbach, increasing the rural grid for resiliency, and preserving Alaska's forms of self-governance and self-determination. A 10-year occupational projection of jobs in Alaska going to 2030 show that a majority of the top 25 fastest-growing jobs will be in healthcare. For individual occupations, healthcare represents 14 of the top 25 jobs for percent growth. According to the October edition of Alaska Economic Trends, practitioners and technical healthcare occupations are projected to grow 11.8 percent from 2019 and healthcare support occupations by 11.5 percent. Alaska Department of Labor economist Paul Martz on Action Line. Healthcare is usually pretty well represented in this list. We we have an aging population. We we have somewhat of a new state, and and that has been there has been a, a, a maturation of the industry and in bringing in services that didn't exist here, but you know are pretty common down south. So that that's kind of phased out, and now we're into more services for just the broad population and then the aging of the population. And as people get older, they need more healthcare services. And so that's really the primary driver for the occupations in this list. Uh, so, so like uh, the elder services of that sort? Yeah. And, you know, and so, yeah, like we have in here nurses, physical therapists, nursing assistants, um, healthcare social workers, um, nurse practitioners, you know, all, almost all the uh, healthcare occupations are expected to increase. In time for National Forest Products Week, six organizations in Alaska can now expand their businesses to include new wood products and services through grants awarded by the USDA Forest Service. USDA said the Wood Innovations Program has been steadily increasing wood energy products in Alaska since its start in 2015. One grant recipient is the Southeast Conference for a Pellet Mill. The award totals $900,000. The project calls for a small pellet plant to be installed as a pilot project in hopes of installing more in various southeast Alaska communities to supply the local pellet market in each area. U.S. Representative Mary Peltola reported raising $2.3 million in just over three weeks in September, 
leaving the Democrat with a large cash advantage over Republican rivals Sarah Palin and Nick Baggage heading into the November 8th election. Meanwhile, Republican U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski and Kelly Shabaka, a Republican challenger backed by former President Donald Trump, each raised just over $1 million from late July to September 30th, though Murkowski had about three times more cash available at the end of the period. The filings Saturday with the Federal Election Commission for the House race cover September 6th through September 30th. Filings in the Senate race cover July 28th, through September 30th. Peltola has said that she wants to continue what she has called Young's legacy of bipartisanship. In a recent ad, she says she's running for Don Young's seat in Congress. Brukowski reported bringing in nearly $1.1 million and having $3.5 million available at the end of September. Shabaka reported raising just over $1 million and having about a million available. Democrat Pat Chesborough, who is also running, reported raising about 125000 and having about 64000 on hand. The commission that oversees campaign finance rules in Alaska has granted a request by staff for more time to prepare an investigation report into a complaint that alleges improper coordination between Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy's campaign and a third-party group that supports his re-election. The commission yesterday ordered the subjects of the complaint to meet with staff by Thursday to determine what documents will be voluntarily produced in response to commission staff requests. The commission said such documents should be provided no later than the 31st. If there remained a disagreement over document requests, the commission said it would consider discovery-related motions by staff. The election is November 8th. The Dunleavy campaign and others have denied any coordination. At the city level, with the Juno city ballots awaiting certification, the advocates of Yes on Prop 4, the citizen ballot initiative to repeal the city's mandatory disclosure ordinance, spoke to the results as they stand. Currently, the results show 4,649 voting yes and 4,281 voting no. And Sparks, a member of Yes on Prop 4. We're definitely keeping a close eye uh, until we have the final certification, right, on October 19th. But we're very hopeful and we're thankful to all of our volunteers who helped us get this far. So we're definitely hopeful that things will keep on the upward track and the certification will just prove that we've that we've gone ahead and, and won. And uh, honestly, this whole experience has been great to be able to provide Juno a voice um, and to see it all in work. Sparks spoke to the discussion generated around Proposition 4. I think it's wonderful that people were having the discussion and getting educated. And there's definitely still a lot more education to happen, but um, the fact that it was out in the open and able to be discussed and on a lot of different platforms was great. And I think, we, you know, everything that happened was the way democracy is supposed to be. So it was great to see it in action. And says they may be looking statewide next forward to seeing where we need to go next uh, at the state level so that this doesn't happen in any other boroughs. It's forecast to get windy for Juno. Meteorologist with the National Weather Service with that word while on the KINY Morning Show Monday.
we got a storm force, hurricane force low that's moving through the uh, central gulf up toward Cape Suckling area, and it's going to be bring widespread gusty winds and also some uh, moderate to possibly more heavy rainfall for the area as well as we get into uh, Tuesday night and Wednesday. And spoke to after Wednesday. Uh, after that, it's looking like like we got some showers moving in for the re- end of the week we got another front possibility for friday time period uh nothing too terribly bad with that just some small craft winds and some uh lighter light to moderate rain as it moves through and then we sort of quiet down we have more storms coming in from the west but they're not quite as uh severe or as intense as the last several ones have been President Joe Biden has officially kicked off the application process for his student debt cancellation program. He said that 8 million borrowers had already applied for loan relief during the federal government's soft launch period over the weekend. Biden is encouraging the tens of millions eligible for potential relief to visit studentaid.gov and touting the application forum, which he says will take less than five minutes to complete. He says an early beta launch version of the online forum released late Friday handled the early stream of applications without a glitch or any difficulty. Today's Alaska Day. In Sitka, the Alaska Day Festival will be commemorating the purchase transfer of Russia's claim of Alaska to the United States at Sitka on October 18, 1867. The parade is scheduled in Sitka for 1.30 this afternoon. Practicing for the parade yesterday was the Sitka High Band. credit to the Sitka High Facebook page. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Allen.